0: anyone need a handout for the sermon? I don't know if I asked that. The usher's have been running all around anyways. And so, Eddie, if you got an extra one, I'll take one in a second so I can have it. And then we will jump right in today to the scripture. Where are we at on time? We're doing good on time. I got plenty of time. 12 pages of notes and 40 minutes to get through the message. So... Last Sunday, it was only six pages of notes and 40 minutes, so we'll see if I can double that in and be in good shape. Before we start the message today, I want to pass around a sign-up sheet, one last one. This one, there's three different papers here, and I want to encourage you, no one has to do this, but I would encourage you, and some of you might already have a way you do it. If you have a way you do it, I don't want to ruin the way you do it. But I believe that it's very important I'm going to talk about towards the end of the message today It is very important For a Christian To read God's Word I got one amen there I'm going to say it one more time I believe it is very important For God's people To read God's Word You cannot grow As a Christian Without being in the Word of God You will never grow And I want you to think, look, think back over this past year. How have you done when it comes to the Word of God? Have you been in it? Have you studied it? What are the issues there? Where are you at with your life? You hear that little buzzing there? Did you mute the guitar? And it's still buzzing? It's the new speakers. The new speakers are having fun. They're still learning their way around. That'll be okay. What you do is if they decide to still keep buzzing since they have the amplifier built in so my son can't mess them up again you just go to the speaker and you turn it down a little bit and then you don't have to worry about it but the sound man can't do that from the back so we're still trying to tweak them and get them where they need to be And so, but the amplifiers are built in that's how speakers are nowadays so it's better than having an amplifier on the ground so when your son throws up during the service like he did last week the amplifier doesn't blow and you have issues with everything going on And so, but as I was saying, the Word of God is very important in the life of a Christian. And so I've got three different sign-up sheets here. I would encourage you, you don't have to, you do what you want to do. This next year, I did this last year, there are those who have been doing it with me, we've read through the Bible in a year, we've got about a week left. We're about ready to enter the book of Revelation and finish by the end. There are those who've just done one chapter with me a day, and I know Mark and Mona are in that group. We went through all the New Testament, and now we're in the book of Leviticus right now. And so we've just carried on. If you want to join our group of doing one chapter a day, there's a spot here. And then this next week, I'll send you something to help you out to be able to sign up for that and work with that. That's the third one. The middle one would be to go through the Bible in a year. And that's about four chapters a day. And there's a program that we follow. And if you're interested in that, you sign up for that. And I will help you this next week get that figured out. The one that I'm really interested in, and well, I'm going to do all of them. If, I don't know if you notice, I have like four different, I have the teens doing one Bible reading program. I've got some doing a chapter, some doing through the Bible. And I do all of them. And so, but this one I'm really interested in, it's through the Bible in three years. Three and a half years, you say. That's a long time. There is a, um, a pastor that's done. It's called Through the Word. And he has a six to eight minute devotional over each chapter of the entire Bible. So what it takes is like Genesis 1 on January 1st. It's going to take you eight minutes to listen to his devotional. Do I agree with 100% of everything that he says? No, because I don't even agree with myself 100% of the time. 95% of what he it's excellent. It will help you... If you want to learn the Bible better, I encourage you to do the three and a half years. You say that's a long time. It's a commitment. But we commit to other things, don't we? If you got a car out there, you' probably committed to a payment plan, right? So I think committing to God for three and a half years to get through His word and to know, and by the end, you will know it a lot better. It's eight minute devotional every day, and you could read the one chapter with it in four to five minutes, or you listen to it in six to eight minutes and follow along. So I'm going to pass this around today, and then that will be a good thing. So top one, and it says at the top, through the Bible in three years, that's this one, and all you do is put your name. And this would be individually, not just by husband. Do put your name individually. The back one is for just one chapter a day. Middle one is for through in a year. We'll start there with Isaiah. And hopefully you can do that and pay attention to the message this morning. Otherwise, it's going to make for a long message for you but a good, powerful truth today. We celebrated Christmas yesterday, and you know our theme for the past month has been, really my whole idea came from those gallon ice cream containers that say they're still a gallon, but they're sure a lot smaller than what they used to be. And I still, do any of you at your house have any of those? I, I know, I got to look at my mom's house. I'm sure she has one of the old ones. She used to put everything in those buckets. She would save them after we would use them. But I want to see if they, oh, you, do you have some? So maybe you could bring me one and we could see if it really is smaller because it just looks smaller. Or I've just gotten bigger. That's the difference in the two. And we won't go too deep into that there. But when we look at Christmas sometimes, we like to break it down into Matthew 1 and 2 and Luke 1 and 2. And even if we're being honest, Matthew chapter 2 didn't happen until sometime after his birth. The wise men were not there on the night he was born. They were in a house by that time. And a manger and a stable is a lot different than a house. So it was a little bit later in time. And uh, and the other thing is, I don't want to burst anybody's bubble, but we don't know there were only three kings. They just had gold, frankincense, and myrrh. So it just makes the song, We Three Kings, it just makes it sound. But that's technically, we don't know. There could have been hundreds of them. There could have only been three. But at the end of the day, Like everything else with Christmas, it really doesn't matter if there was three or five hundred of them there. They came to worship the Son of God like we all should do. We looked at the beginning of our series, we started with creation. If you're going to look at God and you're going to look at Christmas, it begins with the fact that Jesus Christ created all things. God, he makes things. He made this world out of nothing. And we discovered the fact that John 1 and Genesis 1 go together. And those verses and Adam brings death, but Jesus brings life. We're all born in Adam, but we need to be reborn in Jesus Christ. We looked at the covenants and how God, and yesterday I was on a run yesterday on Christmas Day, and right in the middle of my run there was this beautiful rainbow in the sky. And I thought, what a great thing, what a great promise to have on Christmas Day, the rainbow there. But God made covenants, and in those covenants God made a covenant he would never flood the earth again. God said he'd make a great nation out of Abraham. They would take the children of Israel. He would be their God. And he told David that he would establish his kingdom forever. And that all ties into Jesus Christ. He is the covenant keeper. We looked at it just a couple weeks ago, the fact that Jesus comes, the Word became flesh, and he dwelt among us. And the glory of God came back as we looked at. And now through Jesus Christ, we, he enters us when we get saved. The, the Spirit does. And we are the temple of the Holy Ghost. In a similar way, the Old Testament, they had the temple and the tabernacle. There is no temple. There is no tabernacle now. And the Holy Ghost dwells in us. And today we're going to see what happens later on where there is no temple and why we don't need a temple with where we're headed. And we'll talk about that here in a minute. Then last week we looked at John three sixteen, and how God gave the best gift and the most precious gift in all the world to us. Today we conclude our series And I also want to make this little quick plug in here. Next Sunday, it's the second day of the year, I know. And just like today, I'm sure that next Sunday is going to be scarce in attendance as well. But my thought, if you're home and you're well, you should be in church. That's pretty simple. That's not too difficult to understand. If you're gone with family and you're with family, enjoy your time with family. Me personally, if I'm gone with family and it's a Sunday, I'm going to find a church and go to wherever I'm at. And I think that's a good thing to do. Take vacations, give vacations, but do not take vacations on God. Because God doesn't take a vacation on you. And we'll leave that one there and that's all good. But next Sunday morning, before we get back, the following Sunday, January 9th, we're getting back to our series in the book of Mark. Which is going to usher in our theme for the year, which we'll get to in two weeks. But next Sunday, my message, there will be no notes, is a very personal message testimony that's actually looking at it and thinking on the past couple weeks it's going to be probably one of the hardest messages i've ever preached not hard for you to listen to hard for me to spill out of myself because there's a personal testimony in the middle of it and so but i would encourage you next sunday it could be a help to you in many areas in your life like it's been to my life and we'll look at that next sunday as we look at our passage today we get to the end the consummation god reigns a simple way to look at christmas and to think about jesus the baby in the cradle is to and the one who died on the cross for us we got to understand something he is coming again but when he comes this time he's not coming to die he already came to die he's not coming as a baby in a manger he's coming with a crown and he's coming to rule and to reign forever. The word consummation could be defined as this, the point at which something is complete or finalized. You've got to understand this morning, history is headed somewhere. This world is headed somewhere. You know, we look at the dates and we look at things, it's going to be 2022 in just a couple days. It's headed somewhere. Do we just think this world is going on and going on and there's no close to it? No. It's coming to an end at some point. And that end's going to come with Jesus Christ ruling and reigning. He's going to take what mankind has ruined back in the garden and he's going to make it all new again. That's what this has been all about. That's what Genesis 1 to Revelation 22 is all about. We're going to look more at that this morning. And as You think about this as we get to the new year. Do you know the difference between an optimist and a pessimist? An optimist stays up until midnight to see the new year in, and a pessimist stays up to make sure the old year leaves. It's a good way to look at a pessimist and an optimist. I've got one more joke coming in a couple minutes because I knew that some of you would be extra tired today, and some of you still didn't even laugh at that. I don't know what's wrong with you. I thought that was pretty funny, just a little bit. And um, maybe you're not a pessimist or an optimist. But anyways, we'll keep on going this morning. As we look here today, you'll see first thing in your notes, you see a picture, a graph there. You see the cross, Jesus' death and resurrection. You could have actually had another little thing right after that where he goes back to heaven, and that's that's where he's at right now, preparing a place for us, interceding for us, but you look there and you look at the rapture the rapture Christ comes from above and comes down but do you notice it doesn't touch the earth again because he's coming we meet him in the air and will forever be with the Lord but the rapture it is part of his second coming but in that part of it he doesn't come to earth we meet him in the air we go to heaven for seven years And during those seven years, you'll have the judgment seat of Christ and you'll have the marriage supper of the Lamb. Those seven years on earth is going to be the great tribulation that takes place. And I've done enough studies on these things, and if you need more, I can give you more later on. But at the end of those seven years, there's going to be the battle of Armageddon. At that battle, we see that Christ returns. He comes to earth. And where he left, he comes back to the Mount of Olives. He's coming again, and he's going to conquer and for a 1,000 years set up his earthly kingdom, millennial reign on this earth, literal, physical, end of story. Well, no, not the end of story, because then you have one last time Satan gets loosed after the 1,000 years, and he still deceives people. And after that happens, there's one last time A battle takes place, and then all death and hell cast up what they have before the great white throne judgment. And those who do not know the Lord will be cast into a lake of fire forever. And those who know the Lord will go to the new heaven and the new earth with God. That's a simple version of what we're looking at. 18 years ago, Time Magazine had this title story on the cover. It was on July 1st of 2002. Apocalypse Now. And these were the words that Nancy Gibbs wrote in the article in this story. In the apocalyptic age, people feel that the veil of normal, secular reality is lifting And we can see behind the scenes. This was 2002. Some of the things they brought up in that article was the fact that 9-11 had just happened. Almost a year before. They brought up crazy weather occurrences and earthquakes in the article. They mentioned tension in other countries. Russia and other places. They mentioned the cultural climate and the drug problems of 2002 I don't know if you're any more awake to it today but in 2021 as we get ready to close out this year things are not better than what they were in 2002 and in fact we are seeing before our very eyes things opening up before our eyes that tell us it could not be very long before the Lord comes You know, the Bible makes a lot of claims, and they're true, and they're facts. The Bible says there's going to come a day in this world during the tribulation where you cannot go into stores and buy things without having a mark. And a year and a half ago, two years ago, I've been like, that's a long ways off. COVID hits. Fear everywhere. And if you don't have a vaccine, you can't go eat indoors at a restaurant. Or if you don't have a vaccine, you can't fly back internationally. If you don't do this, you know, and they're, they have vaccination cards. Now, before you go too crazy on me, I am not saying that the vaccine or vaccination cards have anything to do with the mark of the beast. I encourage you to do your own research and do what God leads you to do, you have personal liberty in those areas. And don't make everyone do what you think they should do. We live in a country where, no one, where people should be able to do what they feel they should do. No one should be able to mandate or tell you what you put in your body or not. It's my body, my choice for abortion, but forget that when it comes to vaccines. But anyways, uh, this is the day after Christmas. I wasn't going to go down that road with all those things. I want you to know how easy is it going to be a lot of people have disappeared and are gone there's fear everywhere how do we handle this fear in order to go shopping at Stater Brothers we need to put this mark or this chip on you you see how easy that's going to be and how that's going to work it's going to work and it's not going to be too bad of a thing to come into play where a couple years ago, we didn't see that anywhere. We look at all the different issues in our world. And you look at um, Syria as an important area. I don't know if you realize that. And there's a lot of issues that go on there. And you think about with, um, in Ukraine, those areas, those are big things. And Russia, because someday some of the battles are going to take place, Russia and them have to be able to come down on Jerusalem and Syria, Damascus right there they have to be able to control those to get down into Jerusalem that's all biblical prophecy and then you know China and them are going to be coming their way as well and surrounding the city but anyways that's we see it before our very eyes you know people say global warming and that's why storms and weather are getting worse I think it's because the Lord is getting closer to coming there are earthquakes in diverse places. And the Bible talks about the beginning of signs. Just as when, ladies, when you went into labor, there were those, uh, what do you call those things? Contractions. Yep, I knew you would know that quickly. And they start building. The warning signs are there. In our world today, the warning signs are here that the Lord's return is imminent. As we look at this today And as we dive deeper into the message today I want you to understand some things I want you to take your Bibles to Revelation chapter 21 I'm glad that in the midst of all the craziness in our world today That I've read the back of the book And he wins He wins Yeah, you look at our world It doesn't seem like it in our world today But I've read the back, he wins And that's the day that we're looking forward to and we look at the Scripture, and we look at Revelation 21, 22. We're going to look at several verses here in just a minute. But as we look at these things and think on it, I want you to understand something. The Bible makes it clear, and it said four times in Revelation, Jesus said these words, Behold, I come quickly. He is coming. You need to have your bags packed and be ready to go. Our first baby, William, that bag was packed by the door, and we were ready for it. Alyssa we decided to go on a little trip two weeks before she's supposed to be born and uh I don't know how Caroline wore herself out we only did some bike riding and things like that and we get home and she was it was a Wednesday night and she was kind of sick and uh next thing we know we're at the hospital giving birth to Alyssa and we didn't have anything we weren't ready you need to be ready the Lord is coming and as we look at this and we go into it today, we're going to look at Revelation 19, 20, 21, and 22 over just a little bit of time. Do you know the first time we see Alleluia or Hallelujah is mentioned in the book of Revelation? Do you know that? It's mentioned several times here. In fact, have you ever heard about the man who bought a donkey from a pastor? The preacher told him that he trained this donkey in a very unique way. The only way to make the donkey go was to say hallelujah. And the only way to make the donkey stop was to say amen. The man was pleased with his purchase and immediately got on the animal to try the preacher's instructions. Hallelujah, the man shouted. The donkey began to trot. Amen, shouted the man. And the donkey stopped immediately. This is great, said the man, and with a hallelujah, he rode off very proud with his new purchase. The man traveled for a long time through some hills, and soon he was headed towards a cliff. And he couldn't remember the word to make the donkey stop, so he tried different commands. Stop! Halt! The donkey kept on going. He said, Bible, church, please stop! The donkey began to trot faster and was getting closer and closer to the edge of the cliff finally in desperation the man said a prayer please dear lord please make this donkey stop before i go off the cliff in jesus name amen and the donkey stopped right at the edge of the cliff and the man raised his hands and said hallelujah and you know what happened from there i told you i had a few jokes today you need them today i don't use jokes often but every once in a while we need them we look at Revelation chapter 19, verse number 6 and verse number 7. The Bible says, um, And I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude and the voice of many waters, and as the voice of the mighty thundering, saying, Alleluia, for the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him, for the marriage of the Lamb is come, and his wife has made herself ready. We see... The Lord's going to reign. Verse 11 tells us, And I saw heaven open, and behold a white horse. And you know back in Revelation chapter 6, there's a white horse that comes on the scene during the tribulation time. And that white horse in Revelation chapter 6 is not with the one who's on this white horse. It's the Antichrist is who it is in chapter 6. But this time in chapter 19, we see he rides on a white horse, and the scripture tells us here And he that sat upon him was called faithful and true, and in righteousness he the judge and make war. His eyes were as flame of fire. This is not the same as the baby being born in a manger, is it? This isn't the same as the man hanging on a cross, dying for the sins of the world. It says his eyes were as flames of fire, and on his head were many crowns, and he had a name written which no man knew but he himself, and he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. Verse 15, it says, And out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, that, it should, that with it he should smite the nations, and he shall rule them with the rod of iron. And he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. And he had on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. Whew, that's our Jesus right there. Our world can mock him. Our world can take his name in vain today. But that same Jesus that was taken out of here and is building our mansion and is interceding before God, he's going to come again. And when he comes, the world is not going to be ready for what they see when he comes. When he comes, he's going to come to rule and to reign. And for a thousand years, chapter number 20, we see the fact that Satan is bound in chains. And for a thousand years, the Lord will rule over this world which has to happen if you look at all the promises God made to Abraham not all those promises and his promises to the children of Israel will be complete till the millennial reign David's promise won't be complete will it Jesus has to be on the throne here some thoughts on that there Twenty, Chapter 20, a thousand years, Satan will be bound. He'll get loose one last time, and the great white throne judgment takes place. We look at chapter number 21, and look at these astounding words. Chapter 21, verse number 1. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city the new Jerusalem coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. And he, God shall wipe all tears from their eyes. There shall be no more death neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. And he that sat upon the throne and said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And verse 6 says, And he said unto me, It is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. As we get ready to close It's a long closing today So bear with me I want to give you ten thoughts From Genesis To Revelation And how God takes The mess up of man And fixes all of it What is the Bible? It's a book about the glory of God And his son Jesus Christ And his redemption Plan for mankind Number one We see that Genesis 1 and 2, and that's the spot for you to put in your blanks, describes how God created the heavens and the earth. We look at Revelation 21, verse number 1, and we read the fact, then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. Do you see that there? So just as God created the heavens and the earth in Genesis 1 and 2, and it was a perfect place, man corrupted what God made. Through Jesus Christ. Christ and at the end of time God will take what man messed up and completely renew it I call heaven the garden of Eden on steroids that's what I call it but literally it's just like the garden of Eden all over again what man messed up Jesus fixes just as God created the heavens and the earth He's going to usher in a new heaven and a new earth. Number two. In Genesis 3, or number 2, Adam and Eve are married in Genesis 2, 18 through 25. And then we read again in Revelation 19 7 about the marriage supper of the Lamb. Who does the gro- who's the groom? Jesus is the groom. Who's the bride? His church. And you know, at that wedding, it's not going to be about the bride. Weddings here on earth, it's all about the bride. And I like that. I like that. Especially, you know, when my wife walked in the door, I'll never forget when I saw her, when they opened those doors, what a special moment that was for me. But in heaven, it's going to be all about Jesus, the groom, the one who paid the price so we, his bride, could be with him forever. But you see, the Bible begins with God creating the heavens and the earth, and then he ushers in a new heaven and a new earth. We see in Genesis, God created marriage with Adam and Eve. We see in the book of Revelation, we see a new marriage between Jesus and his church. Number three, the end of Genesis 3 ends with the tree of life being guarded by cherubims with flaming swords. You know, you think about this. Do you know why Adam and Eve were kicked out of the garden? Because God loved them. That's why they were kicked out of the garden. Like, hold it. You're saying God loved them, and that's why he kicked them out of the garden? Yes. What would have happened if they ate the tree of life and their sin? What would have happened? Mankind couldn't be fixed. They'd been settled. God had to keep them away from that tree. That's why God protected that tree. But then we look in Revelation 22, 2, and we see that this tree now... The leaves of the tree were the healing of the nations. It's amazing how sin could ruin the effectiveness of that tree and how Jesus fixed it all. And that tree, the leaves, were the healing of the nations. Number four. In Genesis 2.10, there's a river that flowed out of Eden. In Revelation 22, verse number one, the Bible says, and he showed me a pure river of water of life clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. You see the similarities? Are you seeing these from Genesis to Revelation? We're only on number four. still got six to go. Are you right? Number five. In Genesis 3.8, we see that God walked in the Garden of Eden. And we look at Revelation 21.3 and look at what it says there. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. And he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. Okay, remember we've studied it. The Old Testament, Adam. God walked with Adam in the garden. Man messed up. See, later on God gave them the tabernacle. And the tabernacle, only the high priest and only certain people could go into that certain part. And so the tabernacle was with them for a long time. Then God gave them the temple. And then we see later on that the temple... Because their rebellion, God's glory departs from there. And later on, we see today that today the temple of the Holy Ghost is us. Because in this world, this world's a crazy place. It's a wicked place. And in a wicked place, God has to have somewhere clean to dwell. That's why he can dwell in a believer. Not because you're clean and because we mess up all the time. But because of the righteousness of Jesus Christ. But when we talk about that, we think about the fact that in heaven, it's perfect. And God, there's no need for a tabernacle. There's no place to hold God or keep him in. He's everywhere. You know, you could take the streets of gold from heaven. You could take the mansions away. Just the fact that Jesus is there and with us everywhere means all the difference. Number six. We see as a result of Adam's sin, God pronounced a curse. And God cursed this earth, didn't he? Am I right about that? Genesis 3, 17 to 19. The Bible tells us in Revelation chapter 22, verse number 3, it says, and there shall be no more curse. So the curse that was placed in the book of beginnings is gone in the book of Revelation because of Jesus Christ and what he did between Genesis and Revelation number 7 Genesis 3:19 tells us that death, separation and suffering are in this world because of sin. And God tells us in Revelation 21:4 that God will wipe all tears from their eyes. Hey, in heaven there will be no more death. You're not going to lose a loved one again in heaven. Hey, there's going to be no more sorrowing in heaven. There's going to be no crying Those of you that live in constant pain, there will be no more pain. All of that has been passed away. But do you see how sin brought in all those things? And because of Jesus Christ, he ushers all those things away. Number eight. In the Old Testament, the temple of God was the focal point of worship where God's glory was on display. In 2 Chronicles 5, verse 14, we've read... And we studied three weeks ago how God's glory departed from the temple in Ezekiel chapter number 10. In Jesus Christ, God tabernacled with us. But look at what Revelation twenty-one twenty-two says. And I saw no temple therein. For the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are the temple of it. You know what's going to be neat? In the Old Testament in those days, they had to go to a place to worship. Because of the Lord and what he's done, you don't have to go to a specific place. You can worship him in spirit and in truth anywhere. But in heaven, there is no more temple. Because he's with us. God, Jesus, the Lamb. How precious that's going to be. Number nine. In Genesis 22, verse 9 through 14, God provided a ram for a substitute sacrifice. Isaac. In the Passover it was the blood of the lamb that caused um, the angel of death to pass over the people. And in John 1.29 the Bible tells us that behold the lamb of God which takes away the sins of the world. And those verses are off up there. I looked at my notes and my, they were not quite like they were supposed to be. But as we look at it and when we think about it God had a sacrifice that had to be made with Abraham Jesus was our sacrificial lamb there is no more sacrifice you know as we get closer to the third as we get closer to the Lord's return the other thing that has to happen is the third temple has got to be built the temple will be here and in fact you go to Jerusalem and things all the furniture is already made and it's ready for the temple why are the Jews going to build a third temple because they feel like they've got to start sacrificing again. But it's an amazing thing to me. I was, uh, a man from our church the other day was kind of arguing with me about my sermon last Sunday night. About how God was talking about, you know, how Nero was in charge then. And how God wants us to submit to authorities. He's like, I don't believe that. But anyways, that's another story another time. That's fine. But it's an amazing thing that God used him to tear down the temple. Why was the temple torn down? It wasn't needed. They didn't need the temple anymore. They don't need the temple today. The ultimate sacrifice has been paid. But they're going to build a third temple and go back to animal sacrificing. That all plays into the end, and that's where you're going to have the abomination and desolation and the Antichrist in the midst of the temple claiming to be God when the sacrifice has already been paid and done. Why was the temple destroyed? They didn't need it anymore. God's Lamb took care of all those things. And number 10, we see the glory of God is the theme of the entire Bible. From the beginning to the end. In the beginning, God. That's where it begins. Isaiah forty-two-eight says, I am the Lord, that is my name, and my glory will I not give to another, neither my praise to graven images. And Revelation 4.11 that's in your notes should be underneath that point right there. Thou art worthy, O Lord. Receive glory and honor and power. For thou hast created all things. And for thy pleasure they are and were created. The Bible tells us in Revelation 21, verse 23, And the city had no need of sun, neither of the moon, to shine in it. For the glory of God did lighten it. And the light and the Lamb is the light. Remember how we read in the book of John a few weeks ago? That he's the light. In heaven there will be no sun. There will be no darkness. Think about that one. Because God's glory will lighten the whole place. He's coming again. Because of that, as we get ready to enter into a new year, I want to give you a couple thoughts, and we're going to be done this morning some action points. Number one, let's in 2022, let's grow in the Word. Revelation 22, 7 says, Behold, I come quickly, blessed is he that keepeth the sayings of the prophecy of this book. The emphasis there is on obedience, keeping the Word of God. We're to hear and to heed what God says. I love one of the things, one of my favorite preachers of old is Jonathan Edwards. I've got several of his books. But I love reading. He had 70 um, resolutions. And I like reading them before the new year, and they're in a few different books. But this is what he said. This was one of them that always stands out to me. I'm resolved to study the Scripture so steadily, constantly, and frequently, as that I might find and plainly perceive myself to grow in the knowledge of the same get in god's word in 2022 grow in god's word i'm sure we've grown in lots of other ways but have you grown as a christian you realize the lord is coming and at the end of the day nothing else matters let's be honest this morning nothing else matters except what you do for jesus christ say well pastor my yeah your job does matter i get that you got to take care of your family provide you need to do those things but someday you're going to stand before an almighty god and you're going to give an account at the judgment seat of Christ. I don't know if you notice that the judgment seat of Christ and all the judgments, God doesn't wipe all the tears away till after those are all done. There are a lot of people that get that wrong. There are going to be people that are not very happy. Will you go to hell? No, you won't. If you're saved, you're saved. But the Bible talks about he has crowns on his head. Those are the crowns that we cast at his feet. There are going to be a lot of Christians that have no crowns. We're so consumed, we let this world consume us, and we don't live for Jesus Christ. Grow in God's Word in 2022. Number two, gather to worship. The average evangelical Christian in America gathers to worship 1.2 times a month right now. 1.2 times a month. It used to be said when I was a kid, you were a good Christian if you went to church three times a week. Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. When I started pastoring, it was said if, I go, if you go to church one time a week, you're a good Christian. And now today, you go to church once a month? We got our priorities wrong today. And I get it. I know the world we live in. I know there's sickness that goes around. There's things like that. And right now, if you get sick, stay home till you're better, okay? That's a wise thing to do. Even before COVID ever came, if you're sick, it's a wise thing to stay home when you're sick. It's wise. It's smart. I know they talk about this variant going everywhere, but if you realize something, there are no more colds or flu. Did you realize that? We haven't had flu in two years in America. It's amazing where that all goes. But be smart on those things. Stay home. That's, if you're sick, stay home. But if you're well and you're able, be in God's house. And let me encourage you. And look and at look what the Bible says, Romans, uh, Revelation 22, 8 and 9. And I, John, saw these things and heard them. And when I had heard and seen, I fell down to worship before the feet of the angel, which showed me these things. Then said he unto me, see thou do it not, for I am thy fellow servant of thy brother and the prophets, and of them which keep the sayings of the book. Worship God. Hey, gather to worship. And as we get closer to the Lord, let me just encourage you, take it up a step. What we have done, and it's happened in our church, I'm going to say it next service, and you might not like me saying it, but I'm supposed to say things you don't like. I'm supposed to tell you the truth, even when you don't like the truth. One thing that COVID has done in this church too has made people be very complacent about coming to church. You remember back last year in May when we came back inside here. We were out of, we were out of church two weeks and we started doing outdoor services, the um, drive-in. Then shortly after that, we did a few weeks out there and we came back in here. Everyone was so excited. And for a couple of weeks, a lot of you came to every single service. And where are you today? has anything changed do we need to go back to where we lose the opportunity to go to church for you to care isn't that what the children of israel did with the temple they took it for granted hey in 2022 let's get back to being in god's house we need to be in god's house we need the preaching of god's word and so much the more as you see the day approaching You say, Pastor, you always say that. Well, then start doing it, and I'll quit saying it. I only care about you and your well-being. It's my job to help you as your pastor. And the things we need in 2022 to grow in God's Word, together to worship. Number number three, give what you've been given. Oh, you're like, I knew that was coming. He's going to mention something about giving. I am going to mention something about giving. I'm just, and you can... This is you gotta understand when it comes to giving. God, you don't you don't give grudgingly. If I say it and that convicts you and that um, it guilt[s] you into doing it, keep your money. I don't want your money here. God wants a cheerful giver. God needs to work on your heart. If you do it because you feel guilty, keep it. Go buy yourself an extra Christmas present today. Give what you've been given. The Bible, as we look at these things and we think about it, we look at Revelation 22, verse 12 and 13. And behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me to give to every man according as his work shall be. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Hey, this area of giving, this could be your service to God. Are you serving God? What do you do for God? I read my Bible this week. I went to church. Where do you serve? Do you serve people? Do you show people the love of Christ? May I encourage you, if you don't have a place of service, that you find somewhere to serve? Pastor, our church is small. There's nowhere to serve. Oh, there's plenty of places to serve. I'll give you an example. Just the other night, after the um, candlelight service, this auditorium was a pigsty cookies, other things. There was a pigsty in here. Say, I don't have any place to serve. You could have picked up a vacuum real quick and helped clean. Someone cleaned. It's clean this morning, right? There's something that could be done. There's trash cans that could be emptied. There's lots of things. There's a baptistry I filled up last night. There was cords I ran to a sound system at 9 o'clock last night. There's stuff. If you want something to do, there's something to do. Find an area of service and serve the Lord. Step up your giving. Give to God. You will never outgive God, and you can never give God enough. This past month, God has brought into our church more money than He's ever give, given to us in one month. But I want you to understand something. Of the money that came in from our church family, we met budget. Everything extra came from outside sources. I praise God for those outside sources. But it also shames me that we, it's all of us because we're, we're a church family. We're a body. We shouldn't need outside sources to take care of this place. God has given all of us, including myself, enough to take care of this place and to flourish. And when God's people could get a hold of that, great things could really happen. But at the end of the day, it was the beginning of December, and I told God, I was a little frank with him. I said, it's your church. We're running up short. I don't see it getting any better anytime soon. It's your church. Take care of it then. That was my words. Russ prayed the same thing, and God did. But it should be all of us doing it. Praise God for the outside sources. Let's step up your giving. Let's be faithful to God. Number four, and lastly, we need to go with the gospel. The theme for 2022 is right before your very eyes, the gospel. You know what one thing COVID has done too? Has taken away a lot of our witness. We plan all of our Saturdays out to do family things, and family things are good. But the gospel matters. It matters. The gospel matters. You know, our world, a vaccine matters right now, right? That's what the world's pushing. And they're pushing it all over the place. There's social media ads about it all the time. They're even talking about how with this variant, if you have the vaccine, it's not as bad if you get it. But all the people with the vaccine are the ones getting it. And there's other people getting it too, but why don't Christians push the gospel? It's 100% effective, 100% of the time. It never fails. God's never lost one with the gospel. If you notice on your calendar there, there's one week a month. I'm going to go out every week, but I'm at least going to try and push and see if we can get people to go one time a month. Once a month. The gospel. Should be doing it every day should be taking gospel tracts and sharing it with people. Because the Lord is coming. He's coming soon. Are you ready for that day? I saw this little thing and I thought I'd close with this because some of you aren't happy with me after what I just preached anyways. But I don't really care if you're happy or not. I preach what he tells me to say. And if it's Bible, I'm going to do it. It was the night before Jesus came and all through the house. Not a creature was praying not one in the house. The Bible was laid on the shelf without care, in hope that Jesus would not come there. The children were dressing to crawl into bed, not once ever kneeling or bowing ahead. And Mom, in her rocker with baby on her lap, was watching the late show while I took a nap. When out of the east there rose such a clatter, I sprang to my feet to see what was the matter. Away to the window I flew with like a flash, tore open the shutters, threw threw up the sash. When what to my wondering eyes should appear, but angels proclaiming that Jesus was here, was a light like the sun, sending forth a bright ray. I knew in a moment this must be the day. the The light of his face made me cover my head. It was Jesus. "'returning just like he said. "'And though I possessed worldly wisdom and wealth, "'I cried when I saw him in spite of myself. "'In the book of life which he held in his hand "'was written the name of every saved man. "'He spoke not a word as he searched for my name. "'When he said it is not here, my head hung in shame. "'The people whose names have been written with love He gathered to take to his father above. With those who were ready, he rose without a sound, while all the rest were standing around. I fell to my knees, but it was too late. I had waited too long and thus sealed my fate. I stood and cried as they rose out of sight, if only I had been ready tonight. If you're here this morning, And you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior. You are playing with fire. You do not know when your last breath will be. The Lord is coming again. Accidents happen in this world. Are you ready to meet your Maker? If not, you can know from the Bible how to meet your Maker and get that settled today. And leave here without assurance. And what a great way to end 2021 with knowing the fact that you know for sure that heavens